Now, Perth might not be the first place you think of in, in a conversation about design. Something about that city feels utilitarian, brash, sort of a build-it-and-knock-it-down ethos. However, uh, changes are afoot. In what's the world's most geographically isolated city? Now, interestingly, the, the work of those, those good people uh, in Perth engaged in its design disciplines is popping into the foreground, and a new image of that capital is forming. Less mining, more imagination. Uh, and it's all coming together in the inaugural Perth Design Week. Sandy, Angie and David Smith are the week's co-founders. They're designers in their own right, but wear many hats. Uh, Sandy's also a councillor at the City of Perth. Uh, David is the WA State Chair of the Design Institute of Australia. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having us. Hi, Jonathan. Congratulations to begin with. Uh, Perth Design Week, a splendid notion. Sandy, what are the origins of that idea? How did this How did this story begin? The story began actually with David and I both coming up with this idea independently. So we both had started chipping away at creating a design week in Perth. And then we somehow found each other and started working on this together over a year ago now. And we our concept was this coalition of the willing where <laughs> we thought we both, um, I guess, are quite well connected in the design community. And we just rang around everyone we knew and said, well, look, we all put events on anyway. If we just all reshuffle our calendars and do an event or two in a particular week, we've got the start of a design week. And that's exactly what happened. Why is it important to have that that sort of centre of gravity? I think it's really important because, you know, as you mentioned in your introduction, Perth is probably not well known for design. And yet we've got this huge and creative community, this ecosystem. And it's really important to celebrate that and to bring it out into the public and, and let people know all of the great work that the Perth design community is doing. And David, you, you come to this uh, background in furniture design, among other things, which that's a, a wonderful discipline to bring to this. Yes, that was a period of, of my career, which has been incredibly mixed and diverse. Certainly the probably the, uh, the most enjoyable period of my career. It wasn't particularly sustainable, um, but that's one of the reasons <laughs> I guess I'm so passionate about um, supporting people who are in that space now. The industry has changed a lot, thankfully, and there's some incredible work being done, which obviously this is what this festival is about, is about celebrating that. Is there, is there, I mean, do you have a feeling of that work being a bit underrepresented? You mean in Western Australia? Well, Western Australia and, and, and then more broadly, I guess. Product design in Australia is a, uh, a really interesting industry. The, the days of kind of mass production, injection moulding, those kinds of things, uh, are, all of that work seems to have really gone offshore. So I think that's ultimately probably been a good thing for the industry. It's probably caused people to focus on the kind of work that they can achieve at sort of uh, smaller scales and with smaller production runs and things like that, which has, uh, yeah, I think that's taken furniture into a very healthy place. And, and Sandy, architecture is is your go. Perth's architectural palette, how would, how would you describe that? Oh, it's unique and, and that's the way it should be. I mm. think with globalisation and, you know, the image being broadcast across the world through Instagram and various other mediums, is, I guess, the real danger of architecture being homogenised. And I think 
Perth really has its own sense of place and our architects have their own unique style and, and that should be celebrated and that's what this week's about. How does that look? Can, I mean, give me a, how would you describe that to a, a person who had no sense of Perth and, and, and perhaps give us a sense too of what place does to that aesthetic? Yeah, I guess, you know, with Perth, it's, you know, blue, clear, clear blue skies without clouds and, you know, a, a really, uh, I guess, a long landscape and horizons and, you know, we've got, you know, I guess sprawling suburbs, you know, north, south and east and, you know, a city that is relatively young mm. and therefore the architecture is, is young. And I guess, you know, a focus on, in a sense, we, you know, it's a mining city and a resources city and, you know, what influence does that have on our architecture and our streetscapes? So I don't know if I'm, that's a... It's really difficult to describe, really, because we live it... No, that's, that's, that's beautifully evocative. We, we live it every day and for us it's, it's Perth, it's normal. I do have this kind of image in my head of this... Perth palette, hmm. if you like, which is this, like you say, this kind of really clean blue skies, deep greens of, of the bush sitting alongside brick and terracotta. Those are the kind of colours and the palette that I think of when someone says Perth architecture. And I think that the dominance of brick in uh, construction here is a pretty unique thing. Um, and, it, and it continues to this day. Um, and I mean, there's lots of arguments about why that is. The rest of the world has embraced, you know, timber and frame construction, I think, um, more than we have. I wonder if part of that is uh, a sense of that, that thing that Sandy suggests, David, of uh, the city perched on a great emptiness. Well, it's not an emptiness at all, but a city perched on on the broad expanse of country and then the need for a sense of solidity in in the built form. Is that part of that? Yeah, I, I think absolutely. I think you're right. We are perched on the very edge of a great desert, really, and we're amongst the dunes. And maybe you're right, there is a sense of wanting some kind of weight and monument behind it. And I wonder, Sandy, if, if, if things like a design week give the opportunity for those sorts of reflections to, yeah, what are we about? What, what does make us us in a, in a design, architectural and aesthetic sense? Well, I think you've given us a really good topic for our 2024 oh, <laughs> design week because this design week, we, I don't know, that's a, it's a beautiful question that we could perhaps ask next year because I guess, you know, it does take someone, um, I guess, from outside Perth to ask that question because I guess we didn't curate the program this year. It was an open invitation to for the design community to contribute. So we didn't prescribe mm. what needed to be considered. Questions and conversations have just arisen and formed part of the program. What floated to the top from, from that process? Yeah, so two of the key themes that really emerged this year is designing with country and sustainability, and obviously both of those topics are linked. And the first day of the program, which was Thursday, it, it, the event opened with a designing with country uh discussion led by the Planning Institute and then another event on that theme held by the Property Council in the evening. A very deep, very rich subject, um, you know, especially for a city like Perth, which strikes me as a, as a, as a place of a very proud sort of modernity. To introduce that idea of country and the response to it is, uh, that, that's a really rich conversation. 
Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And I guess now the question, it, it's something that's fundamental to all design in WA and, you know, a really important conversation to have in Design Week. One of the other big things, David, is, a, is an exhibition of, of Australian design icons that Perth Council House. Tell us about that. Yeah, this is a collection by uh, a gentleman called Ian Wong, who um, is a design educator at Monash University. This is a collection that he has exhibited all around the world. And when I saw this this collection a few years ago, it was really a major kind of catalyst for me for for this whole event, wanting to get that collection um, across and in front of the WA public. I think there's like two and a half thousand pieces in his whole collection. Mm. We've got a small selection of that here. But this is really about, I guess, a reflection on the amazing design work that has formed, I guess, part of all of our everyday lives that we may not necessarily have understood these are products that were designed and made in Australia. So there's lots of lots of familiar objects in there from our childhoods, um, and I think the, the nostalgia aspect is... Uh, has really <laughs> affected people. Always strong. <laughs> yes, yes. But but to take it back to Perth and, and to David to, to furniture again, tell us about Charles Catt. Well, Catt Furniture, established by Charles Catt, I think back in the 1950s or early 60s, uh, was a major, major success um, in Western Australia, um, creating solid, you know, solid timber furniture, largely from Jarrah, which was quite abundant at the time. So, yeah, they were a real success story. I think uh, most West Australians had cat furniture in their homes. The company is sadly no more, but so these pieces are now really becoming much more sought after. What sort of style are we talking about? It's kind of a fairly, I guess, progressive style of the time. Some of it's quite brutal, but really just about, I guess, celebrating the timber, simple simple forms, and the, the, that kind of slightly brutalist style of construction is, I guess, the thing that's increasing in popularity now. So people are really starting to try to hunt these pieces down. Thankfully, Ian has a couple of pieces in his collection. One of them he has just acquired here in Perth, and that'll be on uh, on show at Icons as well. I'm just loving the fact there's cat furniture. It's just... <laughs> A beautiful and evocative name. <laughs> yeah, we had it in our home in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think, and as did my in-laws, they had uh, cat dining tables and dining chairs, and I think they're still around in the family. So they last forever if people have managed to hang on to it through through the uh, evolving design trends. But this is the brilliant thing, isn't it, Sandy, that the stuff which is so geographically specific, uh, that this would mean so much to Perth people... You know, it, it is the thing of your place. It's, it's a glorious thing to sort of celebrate. Dave and I were just having this conversation yesterday and talking about cat furniture. I was like, yeah, my mum and dad had that and it was our whole house was cat furniture back in the 90s. And it really it makes you think, you know, we should, there's always these constant trends and, you know, we, we let go of things. And, and why? Why do we do that? Why do we always want change? You know, if a piece is beautifully constructed and, and beautiful, it, it should be timeless. And I, I don't know why, why that is that we tend to I, move on. I, I think one of the um, one of the nice things about Cat, uh, and it's probably it may not be known that known to I guess uh, current generations coming through design schools or whatever it may be. Um, it's kind of in the past, but you know, Perth does actually have an incredible design history um, going back to, you know, post-war architecture um, and, and going through a time, I suppose, where 
you know, globalization didn't exist. So everything was mm. designed and made locally for the local market, um, which is, I guess, how how companies like Cat succeeded for so long. Well, that must, Sandy, be a defining thing about Perth, that if you if you wanted something done, you had to do it yourself. It is an isolated place. Well, that's right, and that's exactly how Design Week came about. We wanted it done, so David and I just took it upon ourselves to do it. <laughs> that pioneering spirit, it's still strong. <laughs> that's it. One of, the, one of the discussions, I mean, on, on, that, on that theme, I think, one of the discussions that you're having during the week uh, as one with architectural firm Woods Baggett, and, and it's looking at how Perth can design its its own identity. I wonder if both of you could chip in on that. I mean, Sandy, what does what does that mean? What is a distinctive Perth design? What elements does that include? Oh, I think it's actually embracing what we do already. And I guess in the past, it's kind of been this almost like a cringe factor about Perth. And we just have to let go of that and be proud of what we're doing here and acknowledge that, yes, it's different, but different is good. And there was a report done on exactly that topic by an organisation in, in the city called Committee for Perth. And and that the, the um, title of the paper was Perth is good and we need to embrace our differences and our uniqueness and celebrate that and all the good things about our city. And I wonder, David, if, it, if, if you know, size, sort of a critical mass uh, of a design community within a place is, is part of that. You get to a certain size and suddenly you get that confidence. Yeah, I think, um, I think you're right. And I think, thankfully, I mean, the Perth design profession, the design community um, is, you know, it is actually pretty sizable. I mean, apart from all uh, the uh, established national firms, I guess who have, who all have big offices here, there's a uh, there's a whole tier of other practices um, of different scales that are doing amazing work. I think. Well, one of the, one of the events that we've got coming up next week is actually a uh, a panel discussion where, uh, which is talking about workplace design, um, where we've pulled together, I guess. A really diverse range of speakers for this topic, which and they range from you know I guess workplace strategy people from Hassel all the way through to you know small Fremantle practice. Mm. And so yeah, there's a there's there's space for everybody. Uh, the market is big enough, and that's a thing too, Sandy. When, as soon as you start talking about design, you suddenly start talking about a very a very wide field. It suddenly becomes incredibly broad range of ideas. Well, that's right. And in Perth Design Week, we've got. Everything from, you know, built form, planning, landscape, architecture, product design, an element of fashion, of graphic design and, you know, and also art. And, you know, it's, I think it's important to recognise how big the design and creative community is and, and celebrate that. And, and by bringing everyone together, I guess you actually realise the scale of it. Well, congrats, both of you. The, the first Perth Design Week, it, it's it's begun, it's running until March 30. There's a host of free events and there'll be a link um, link to the, what's going on in this week to the, the blueprint page of the Radio National website if you're in Perth, if you're passing through, or if this has inspired you uh, to hop on that, that big aeroplane and, and straddle the continent and arrive for Perth Design Week. It'll be worth your while. Uh, Sandy, Angie, David Smith, co-founders, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jonathan. This is Blueprint for Living, ABC RN. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.